0: You can wander the golden shores for miles. You can climb the highest mountains, touch the skies. Or gaze on the far horizon red out back. Open your eyes to Australia. Hello again and welcome the second podcast in the series Open Your Eyes to Australia. My name's Jim Lowe, and I'm speaking to you from the foothills of the Blue Mountains in New South Wales, Australia. If I wanted to give this podcast a title, perhaps I'd call it What a Story. It's about one of the exploits of the famous Australian aviator Sir Charles Kingsford Smith. On the morning of May 31st, 1928, the 3 engine Southern Cross began the first successful flight across the Pacific Ocean to Australia. The Southern Cross took off from Oakland Airport in San Francisco on the west coast of the United States of America. On board were two Australian pilots, Charles Kingsford Smith and Charles Ulm, as well as two Americans, the radio operator James Warner and the navigator Harry Lyon. A year before, Kingsford Smith and Ulm had been successful in flying around Australia in a record time of ten days. The flight across the Pacific was to be a real test for the four-man crew. Our trip was like all other big trips. We had bad times and we had good times. Most of the way it was just straight flying. In good weather it was quite snug and comfy in the cockpit. And then all the time there was that pounding, thudding roar of those three engines. It didn't improve one's hearing but one preferred a momentary deafness to know that the engines were doing their job. The constant roar of the three engines made sleeping very difficult and caused continual vibration. The noise also meant that the two pilots could only communicate with Warner and Lyon by writing notes. They were both in the navigation cabin behind the pilot's. The weather conditions, which included storms and heavy rain, made writing at times very difficult. Their fingers became numb when the aeroplane was forced to increase altitude. Conditions on board were cramped, and the part-open cockpit didn't protect the pilots from a drenching when it rained. Lacking the pressurised cabins of today meant that they couldn't attempt to escape storms or turbulence by flying above such bad weather conditions. They worried constantly about the amount of petrol they used. There were long periods of flying blind, relying only on their navigational instruments and guesswork to fly through the night. After stops in Honolulu and Suva, the Southern Cross finally reached Brisbane on the morning of the 9th of June, completing a journey of just under 12,000 kilometres across the Pacific Ocean. A short time before his death in 1976, my father gave me his copy of The Story of the Southern Cross by Kingsford Smith and Ulm. The book gives a graphic account of their flight across the Pacific Ocean. On the front piece of the book, in my father's writing, are the words, What a Story! Apparently, my dad wrote this when he first read the book. He also pasted newspaper cuttings about the Pacific flight on the front and back piece of the book. Dad often spoke to me about Smithy, as Kingsford Smith was often affectionately called. I remember him telling me about the night the Southern Cross became lost on the return flight over the Tasman Sea in October 1928. Olm and Smithy were flying from New Zealand to Richmond on the outskirts of Sydney. They encountered strong headwinds on the homeward flight, which took nearly 23 hours. Compare this to the Richmond to Christchurch leg of the crossing, which had taken them almost fourteen and a half hours. My father was attending an evening picture show at the Royal Theatre in Willoughby on Sydney's Lower North Shore. He remembered the film being interrupted to inform the audience about the airman's plight. After the pictures, my father went home and on his crystal set was able to pick up the radio signals from the Richmond Aeroplane Base, where the Southern Cross was expected to land. My dad attached his star aerial to the family clothes line to obtain a better reception. At one stage, while flying down the coast, the Southern Cross flew low over my father's suburb. Being such a very dark night, the airmen had decided to use the lights from the railway line on Sydney's northern shore to guide them until they found their bearings. On hearing the plane's loud engine noise, my father rushed outside in his pyjamas. From the road he excitedly looked up, and there he saw the flames roaring from the engines just above his head. As it was getting closer and closer, it was getting so loud in the crystal set that I took the phones off, and being in my pyjamas, I rushed out onto the road. The noise was getting louder and louder, and suddenly I could see flame and believe me, It was the thrill of my life when that giant plane went over my head by only a few yards with 27 cylinders barking and flowing out from their 27 exhaust pipes. When the Southern Cross finally touched down at Richmond, Kingsford Smith announced that there was only enough petrol for another half hour of flying. So ended a great flight. My father summed up his recollections. Another time, my dad mentioned how he saw a calendar that featured a painting of Smithy's head above clouds and five aeroplanes flying in formation. Wanting a copy for himself, with perseverance, he eventually tracked one down. Using a newspaper photo, he also made a plaster cast of Smithy's head in his aviation attire and painted it gold. For as long as I can remember, It hung on the wall in our family home, along with the framed calendar painting. I now have them both hanging on the wall of my study. A few weeks after his death, I read Smithy and Ulm's book, which had been such a favourite of my dad. Like him, I was impressed by the story, and not long after this, I wrote the song From Oakland to Brisbane about the Pacific Crossing. From the coast of California On a foggy day in May A little plane is flying out to sea Symphony of sound It's creating as it goes To prove an ocean Can be crossed safely From Oakland to Brisbane In a three-engine plane Blazing a path That will bring them fame Four men are flying Between ocean and sky Showing what can be done When we try, when we try A new world's before them A sweeping silent sea Loneliness and boredom they will know For they cannot hear Each other speak The engines are so loud Scribbled messages are passed To and fro From Oakland to Brisbane In a three-engine plane Blazing a path That will bring them fame Four men are flying Between ocean and sky Showing what can be done When we try, when we try The flaming of exhaust In a dark and cloudy sky The roaring of the engines In their ears The southern is carrying them like ships took men of old to a world where knowledge blots out fear From Oakland to Brisbane in a three-engine plane blazing a path that will bring them fame Four men are flying Between ocean and sky Showing what can be done When we try, when we try This is no stunt or gamble But a calm, considered plan To prove that ocean flying's not a dream Many doubts have been expressed Many problems faced and solved Then are ready to be tested to extreme From Oakland to Brisbane In a three-engine plane Blazing a path that will bring them fame Four men are flying Between ocean and sky Showing what can be done When we try When we try When we try In 1978, the late the Reverend Ted Knoffs of the Wayside Chapel in Sydney's King's Cross planned to commemorate the 50th anniversary of the Pacific flight by unveiling a plaque in memory of Kingsford Smith. Now this was to be the first in a series of plaques to honour great Australians in the chapel's heritage way. Hearing that I had written a song about the flight, Ted invited me to sing it at the unveiling ceremony. Charles Kingsford Smith, Jr., who had just retraced his father's trans-Pacific flight, unveiled the plaque. Later, I had a chance to talk with him. I showed him my father's book, which he was kind enough to sign and he was really taken by my father's written comment about the book and all the related newspaper paraphernalia he had gathered. I reckon my dad would have been very pleased with this happy turn of events. I also felt that if I never sang my song again, it had achieved more than I could ever have imagined. The Southern Cross proved herself to be the thoroughbred that she is, but with all sincerity, I tell you that my greatest joy lies in the fact that in doing my job, I did something worthwhile for Australia. Well, thanks again for dropping by and taking the time to listen to the podcast. This is the second in the series, Open Your Eyes to Australia. In the podcast, I referred to the calendar painting and the plaque my dad made. Photographs of these can be found on my website at jimlow.net. And uh, I'd be more than interested if you've got any comments or information. You can uh, drop me a line at jim at jimlow.net. Well, until next time. From the Blue Mountains of New South Wales, Australia Bye for now For you can wander The golden shores for miles You can climb The highest mountains Touch the skies Or gaze on the far horizon And read out back Open your eyes TO AUSTRALIA OPEN YOUR EYES TO AUSTRALIA OPEN YOUR EYES TO AUSTRALIA